Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Like, fuck guy. Like, you're going to put up another 60-point week. Um, I got 53 points, man, and I'm going to lose. I know. I know. And I was honestly, I was thinking about the same thing, too. How uh, I'm lucky. I'm benefiting from because it's not everybody on my team that's really doing it. Uh, Marshawn had a bad week. Uh, Crosby's also had a bad week. A um, couple of the guys. Pavelski's kind of ever since you inquired about trading him and I said no. He's kind of taken a nosedive. So I'm, I'm, uh, that's my own doing, I suppose. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, it's Barkov. It's my defensive core. Um, oh, my God, like, bud. You just wow. nailed it. I was, waiting for, I was waiting for you to nail it. Your defense uh, it, is fucking killing me this week. Your defense is what's yeah. winning you the week against me this week. Yeah. Your, oh, your defense is totally winning the week. Yeah, because Goudreau playing typical Goudreau right now, he's like a solid two points a night when he plays right now, which is yeah. disgusting. But you know what, though? I mean, it's going to make for an interesting finish because <laughs> let's let's just say it ends up the way it does. And yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we we can always kind of be in the show here at this point. But at this point, I mean, yeah. you're, I you're, you're, you're six points up and yeah. Well, you know what? Hey, look, look, before we get into it, we might as well start the show. Well, we are now, and I what I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. So the, our season has been. We've mentioned this a few times. Our season has been very unique. Even I, for 25 years of doing this, we've never seen a season like this. And I'm just gonna spit nope. this out. Dragons. Let's say things end the way they are right now. Things could change, but let's say they end the way they are now. Dragons, that's Mike's team. He'll end up going with a loss. He'll go 16 and 7. Then it's Apocalypse and Brigands, both at 15 and 8, one game behind. Then it's Demons alone at 14 and 10. And then it's Cougars and Bucks at 12 and 11. 12 and 11. That's six teams that we're, we still have to talk about. Even though Cougars and Buccaneers are now mathematically incapable of catching first place, um, there's still a there's still something to be fought for for second place overall, which in theory they're both still in it. Um, but the bigger the bigger one the bigger uh, uh, chase is between the Dragons, Apocalypse, Brigands, and Demons. That's four teams. That's f- that's half of the league fighting still with three weeks left to play, and that's impressive for, as a league. That's impressive as a league. Well, I mean, and what gets even more interesting, I mean, and maybe this is obviously a little bit more biased looking at it from a uh, Dragon's Apocalypse and Brigand's point of view. Uh, and that's not to discount the Demons whatsoever at 14 no. and 10. There's still, still a shot there. There's three weeks left and these two games yeah. behind. So, yeah. I mean, do the math. It's all right there for you. Mm-hmm. But with the three of us being in our division, both for the championship race and divisional, uh, aspirations what makes it kind of interesting is like you say if everything stands pat so 16 and 7 for me 15 and 8 for you and joel the apocalypse and brigands and next week we've got the brigands and the apocalypse playing each other yeah so like you know talk about still lots of games to be played like there's still lots of movement that can happen yeah. but i mean 
I, I don't know if Joel kind of foresaw things or whatever in regards to the scheduling, but <laughs> holy cow, dude, like, you know, like next week I end up playing uh, um, Scotty. So, you know, hope, hope, hope yeah, well, I'm not oh. saying that. I, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not saying anything, dude, it not at this happen. point. You, yeah. you said the same thing like last couple of weeks here, so I'm doing it too. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything in regards to that. The trends say what they say, but you still got to play the games. Yep. And listen, I, I wouldn't, I am never, ever hoping in my life for a tie more than I am next mm. week, bud. That's a good oh, point. Man. That's a very good point. If you can't pull out the win, at least the tie for sure. And that's the other thing too. I don't think I'm a quick look here. There hasn't, there There's hasn't no been a tie in the league. That, no year? ties in the league this Whoa. year. I noticed that the other week too. I know that's weird. That's weird. I know it is. We've had like years where some teams have had like three and four ties. Yes. In a year, yeah. one yeah. team. So to see I'm, none at all. Wow. I wonder what's going it's a, on. Cause it's, it's a little bit of a kind of a weird anomaly in all honesty, I suppose. I'd have to go back and look at it really closely, but. It seems to me there's always been a fairly multiple <coughs> amount. Well, certain teams have multiple amount of ties, I find. Yeah. And and actually, as I'm going through my season, just mine, the closest game I've had to date was fairly recently where it was actually it was against my dad and I beat him 52-48. That was the closest game in my in this whole season for me. It's just there's something weird about this year because again, like with the amount of teams that are in for it, the fact that there's no ties, it'd be cool. Joel's going to do a, a deep dive in our league for sure. Just because there's, there's too many interesting things going on. He's going to come out with some weird stat. Then we're all going to be like, Oh, look at these stats. This is weird. So that's for sure going to happen. If not, I'm calling him out. Joel, get ready. I, he's not busy. He can totally do it. Uh <laughs> This is, but this is, okay, for the stretch run, which is basically what this is right now, okay? We're in the stretch run, three games. We're in it. We're in yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, you and I, I think you and I face off against each other as the last game of the season, is it not? Yeah, man. Yeah, last game of the year, buddy. I, I know, seriously, this is what I'm trying to say. Like, the, the scheduling oh is just God. retarded for our, and, I, and listen, I'm not looking at the whole league. Like, I'm kind of looking Holy at the three of us, especially because we're in the same division. Yeah. But I'm just like, okay, so I play you this week, and then yeah. you and Joel play next week. Yep. And then the week after that, I play Joel. And then the week after oh. that, I play you. Like, who does Joel end? Hold on a second. Who does Joel end with? Oh, he ends with Ryan. Okay. That's tough, too. Yeah, you're right. Joel's playing me, you, then Mike. Um, I'm playing, wow, well, let's go. I'm playing my brother, Ryan, then you. Oh, okay. So it's basically the same all the same yeah. three. That's the last the last three weeks is the way to end it. Yeah, I know, man. Seriously. Like, <laughs> the fate could not be more in our hands uh for the three of us, for Joel, yourself, and and me. So this is that you know what's interesting? If this really does boil down to the very last game <laughs> in the season for the three Which of us. Which it very well could, man. I'm predicting you and I will die, and so will Joel. <laughs> just, just to mess with everything. There will be no ties the entire year, except for the last goddamn week. And the three teams that are affected the most by it will all end up with ties. That's what will happen. 
Well, I mean, in, in the overall scheme of things, and again, there there is, you know, I'm I, I listen. I'm holding out hope. You know, yeah, you would win. Fat lady thing, points, so yeah. I, I'm I'm. I'm holding out hope that I can even catch you this week. Although that I really don't think in my heart. Of this heart, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm now so, up so, by six. It's 59 53. Crosby just got an assist. You're at five points tonight. I'm at four. I mean, and, yeah. the way, the way this plays out the rest of the year, especially with me losing this week and both you and your brother getting a win that just, it's since cinch, everything up, right. For the last three weeks. And I mean, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, even I know that. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I know Tom's still sitting there at 14 and 10. And I mean, I think when it comes to, to his team. No, 13 and 10. 13 and 10. Oh, 13. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's a, okay. Sorry. Like, it, what so would thir- have been the only thing about this week is, that would have made it that much more interesting it, for me, anyways, would have been because I don't, my dad's going to lose to Ryan this week. So, what's going to happen there? Ryan's going to jump to 12 and 10. Oh, no, sorry, 12 and 11, which puts him in a tie with my dad at 12 and, uh, and 11. Puts Tom at, with his loss, at 13 and 10. So that's what I mean. Had my dad pulled out a win, it would have put him tied with Tom um, after the entire mm-hmm. season trailing him the whole time. And then with three weeks left, catch it. But the thing is, is I think, if I'm they not must mistaken, play against each other over the next couple I'd, weeks here too. So at least one more time. Uh, Cause I know we had talked about that before the fate was in my dad's hands as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They play against each other as the last game of the season. My dad's got a good schedule. He's going to lose to Ryan, but then he plays against uh, pawn hogs and Royals. And then okay. he ends with Tom. So it's really hey. in his hands. Uh, in terms of what who who's going to win that division? So, Mike. So so, so to give things. a quick synopsis to all of our listeners, basically the championship is still up for grabs, mm. with mathematically four teams out of the eight that can still win a championship, and both divisions are still up for grabs in regards to who can win it and who ends up in second, which is what we call in the money. Uh, so again, like this is going to come down to the end here, man, and. I, I I don't know. I don't know. And the way did, your team's playing. Did the way you your team's not playing just right finish now, you're on, you're on a, um, a six-game winning streak? Yep, six-gamer. And then, so you you must have lost one and then won two. You're, you're, you're going to lose this week, looks like, anyways. Um, there's still a change. I'm ahead by six. I've got one late game. All your players are currently playing. You will yep. be done at around, I Let's think it's go. 8 o'clock. Let's go, boys. Let's go, boys. You're, Let's no, just have first, a big yeah. third period. Huge yeah, third period. Basically. See, four games in uh, four games, four goals in Tampa against Buffalo. Not a single point for Sam Coast. What up? Yeah, man. And my what defense up? needs to score some damn goals. But hey, that's what it is, man. That's what it <clears> is. And this yeah. is what it's going to be the last three weeks, buddy. See, and that's going to be a hell of a finish. We're, it's funny, we're saying my defense really did you in this week, and yet I've only got three of my four who actually got any points. But McAvoy got five, Taze got four, and Berensky, the big one, with six. Thank you, Scott. Uh, I will be protecting him. But he really, and he was injured too, but he had the, and it was, he was like a last minute. I didn't know if I was going to dress him this week or not. And I was really hoping because he got injured at the tail end of last week. 
So Sunday yeah. night, I believe even Monday morning, I still wasn't sure. Trust and me, I, I was hoping too, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm I was surprised. hoping too, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but then my goalies did pretty good too. I got 10 points out of my goalies, but geez, you got 12. Like Chesterkin got that shutout. That was a big deal. But Huso yeah, um, almost got a shutout, but in the third period, he lost it. I believe it was against uh, Seattle too. And kind of pissed me off. Anyways, we'll see. Everything's trending in my direction for now. 60. Oh, I got 60 points now. Crosby got another goal. So now I'm up by seven. What a punk. Tiffany. He's Tiffany. a punk. Yeah. It's a, he's a punk. He, he did he's nothing all week, but he's coming out yeah. at the end. Oh, that game's yeah, over. Yeah. Oh, he got the OT winner. That's oh. uh, punk. He's no, wait. Punk. Wait, it's showing just 3-3, three, three, but it says final OT. No, okay. No, so the goal just hasn't gone point. up yet. Okay. Anyways. So, all right. So that's our leagues. That's check my fanny. That's been checked. Let's go along the boards. We're going along the boards. Okay. So, and so I'll, you go because essentially this was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, okay. Mike and I <laughs> talked during the day a little bit and uh, he, I was at Home Depot getting some stuff and uh, he sent me a test. Like, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good show. And I'm like, yeah, I got a couple of ideas and I hadn't seen anything. So I get home and sure enough, I'm reading. I'm like, ah. This is my idea. You stole my idea, but <laughs> no. So you go ahead. Well, we're, go both, we'll we're both we're both going to get on it. That's for sure. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and the nice part about it is later on in the program we disagree a little bit on a specific point. So yep. Stay tuned, everyone. So listen, right. we're gonna, we're going to talk a little bit about Austin Matthews here. You know, we've been off here for a couple of weeks, uh, one week hiatus, and then uh, we had our uh, podcast with the boys from the Kraken Knights last week. So kind of getting back into the swing of things here with our own program. And it's going to be great because we get to talk about some stuff that we want to talk about. And this week we're totally getting into Austin Matthews 50. Now listen, 50 and 50 isn't yes. your true 50 and 50 from game Still one impressive. to game 50. How about having said that, listen, with the pressure and the scrutiny, this guy's under in that market, which is ridiculously enormous. This guy comes in, sets the greatest single season goal scoring record in Leafs history. Now, case keep in mind, folks, I did not say the greatest goal scorer in Leafs history. Single season, he's broken that record, beating Rick Five. So, kudos to this guy. Kudos to it, him doing it with all the pressure in that market. I wish, like, I I wish him nothing nothing but the best in the. In the playoffs, and I do think that these guys are trending in the right direction, but they got to show it. Like, like there's you know, regular season success is Mm -hmm. all great, and I will certainly give him the accolades that he deserves. But you still have to try and get this done here in in the playoffs. Now, having said that, I mean, you you just can't take away what he's doing, Marty. I mean, I'm sorry, (laughs) but you know, even even as a Habs fan, like I, I have a hard time, uh, you know, hearing a lot of the the criticism of of Matthews. I mean, I, I don't know what more you want from this guy. Yeah. He, he comes in as advertised, like, you know, he's more of a score than a passer. Yeah. Okay. So done deal. Like he's obviously shown that early in his career. If you needed more defining moments, he just, just did it. It's a greatest single season in Leafs history. Yeah. And I mean, the guy's sitting in fourth place in league scoring at 99 points. Like it's not like this guy's putting up, 50 goals and then just slapping in, uh, you know, 20 assists, like a kind of an old school Ovechkin type of season. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, this guy, like I, I, and I'm saying this as a Habs fan, like it's in my, it's in the contract we signed 
when we become Habs fans to hate the Leafs, to hate Boston. Certainly like, not it's, supposed it's to be our, pumping their our, tires. No, but I mean, but at the same time, as as our hockey listeners hockey, know, we're both, we're exactly we're both hockey fans, and you just can't take away what this guy's doing. It's and fun. I mean, like, it's infectious. Well, Marty, Marty, listen, you can make your argument whether Toronto or Montreal is hockey's mecca. I'll consider them both hockey meccas. Yeah. And like, I mean, again, this is a guy, you know, first overall, you know, comes in, scores four goals his first game. Like, I I don't know. I mean, if there's any if there's any Leafs fans that are still questioning anything about him, I I that would be completely and utterly ridiculous. And for those fans out there that aren't necessarily Leafs fans, you you, you have to, I'm I'm sorry, you have to give this guy his due. Like completely. I I, I don't yeah. really know what more to say other than that. The numbers are there. Oh, okay. So the only blemish on his record right now is the playoffs. And look, I, I we've said it time and time again this season, Marty. I've even picked on your Oilers the same thing. Like there, there, there's regular season success and great accolades for individual players. Mm-hmm. And then there's getting it done when it matters most, when it's a team game and not so much of an individual mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So there's a lot of work to be done for him and his trophy case. And I'm sure some of the aspirations that he has, but listen, I mean, even, even myself, you know, come maybe even still leading it up into this year, you still had some questions about it. Is this guy really the guy that can lead them there? And yeah, look, uh, you know, there, there still is a a question being asked if he can lead them to the promised land, i.e. the Stanley cup, i.e. deep playoff runs. But what you really can't take away from this guy is, listen, he th- this guy as a first overall pick has done everything that that organization could have asked for, other than the lift to lift that huge chalice mm. at the end of the season. And you know what? Like, I mean, it, it, he th- this guy deserves the accolades that he's getting. And as for the fifty and fifty, we'll get in that a little bit more in detail later on in the show. But listen, I, I don't care what 50 game uh, uh, span or period a player gets that done in that's just flat out uh, 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 a huge accomplishment and deserves to be recognized. No matter how you slice that 50 and 50, because like you said, you know, it's, it might not be the traditional 50 and 50. We kind of have to put an asterisk next to it. He's not going to be anointed as one of the 50 and 50 players because of it. Um, doesn't matter like it's this is as impressive as you can get short of doing it in a regular season and there's that's no small feat either you have to you have to acknowledge the fact that it you know what even taking all that away watch a watch a goddamn game that he's playing and tell me you're not entertained which if you want to look at it from a purely entertainment standpoint, from an NHL making money standpoint, this is exactly what you want. You want these kinds of players to be doing exactly what he's doing. His energy that he's bringing to this game, the life that is just being pumped through him is un- is unreal. Like I, I feel like it's the type of energy I haven't seen in the NHL in like short of a couple of seasons with McDavid. Um, we kind of take it for granted how good McDavid and Dreisaitl are because, let's face it, it's another 100-plus point season for both of them. We'll get into a little bit of that later, too. But it almost seems like, well, because it's expected, the energy for that is loss. 
but what Austin Matthews is doing is next level stuff that we really haven't seen in a very long time. And I think that if you, if you take away his, his production, you're and just because it's been broken up the 50 and 50, it was broken up. If you take something away from that, then that you're, you're missing the point of hockey. You're missing what he's doing and like, okay, well then just watch the games with your eyes closed from now on. Cause if you can't see why this is great. And if you, all you want to do is argue about it and say, yeah, but yeah, but and put asterisks everywhere. Well then forget it. Hockey's not really for you. You don't understand then this is phenomenal stuff. I love watching him. I, when I watched that game, I'm trying to think which one it was. It was Florida. No, it wasn't Florida. The one where he got the OT winner. Uh, it was recently there. And he, the way he, cause it was an away game and the way he was just like at the end, he's just sort of calling on the fans and what Dallas, it was, I think it was, it. It was Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And he was just doing like, he still had, I don't know if it's because there's a big, there shouldn't be, but everyone was cheering, not everybody, but there was a loud majority of fans that were cheering the goal. Like I have to feel that there wasn't, the cheering didn't only come from Toronto Maple Leafs fans. It just came from hockey fans who happened to be there at the Dallas game who would otherwise be cheering for Dallas, but saw something great and just went, you know what? That was awesome and cheered and thought this was awesome. So the, I do think Matthews is doing so much good for the game right now that it, it, it shouldn't matter who your favorite team is. Just if you're a fan of hockey, Buckle up. Matthews has taken us all for a ride and it's great. And, and just to finish a little bit on what you were saying, they're trending in the right direction. The Maple Leafs are, you're right. And I think this is kind of something we predicted a little bit. Jack Campbell has sort of figured it out and at the right time, and he's, he's coming back in the form and you're going to cruise into the playoffs with a Campbell who's playing the way uh, Toronto had hoped for the whole season. He had a lull. That's fine. It didn't matter. It was at a time. It really didn't matter. It didn't affect you guys so much, maybe in the standings, but you guys are fine. You guys are right where you should be and everything's okay. So Toronto as an entire team, I don't know if the, if I don't know if they've gone into the playoffs with this type of energy before. Now I don't want to jinx it for you guys. So I think I'll just stop short there, but I'm just saying the energy feels very different this year because of, Matthews and I'm going to back in that by saying because Campbell's figuring it out right before you're about to get in there so I think that's important too well I mean look the information that that we have gotten as fans or and fantasy managers and anybody who's kind of checking up on this stuff I mean obviously it's certainly now listen we don't know the 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 complete uh, uh, reality of it but from what we understand and from the information we've been given Jack Campbell had an injury and it certainly sounded like he was trying to play through that so that he could keep his position as a number one goaltender, which he hasn't had his whole career. Mm-hmm. So he comes back and things seem to be uh, stabilized. And again, um, with this team, I think it's, you know, a little bit of a mirror image uh, somewhat to the Oilers. You don't need Jack Campbell to, you know, put up three shutouts in a row here against a Tampa Bay lightning. No. You, what you need from Jack Campbell is to, is to keep that score to to a point where that offense can do its damage, whether that be on the power play, five on five, whatever. So you're not looking for a guy to be a world beater here. 
No, you're, you're not looking like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a team here. Like, uh, I mean, Washington, maybe in a wild card or something. You know what I mean? Like you, you need, you need a little bit something to steal you something, but the Leafs are going in there. They're looking good. The team's looking much better in a defensive capacity as well. Yes. You need to have that, uh, your defensive core healthy. And again, you need to have uh, Campbell healthy as well. Everything seems to have stabilized there. So you know what? They're, they're looking good going into the playoffs, like you're saying. And it's not like they need this all kind of world beating goaltender. So, no, I mean, I think you're safe in the realm of a a goalie, like your cat, your Campbell getting allowing, let's say two to three every night, because your offense will get you three to four every night, or at least they, they both have the potential of doing exactly that. So you, if Campbell can keep it to two or three, this team is (laughs) finally going to make it past the first round. Well, I, I think, like you say, at the very least, they're the most comfortable and um, most hopeful that they would have been with their roster. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's true. It it all remains to be seen if they can get over the mental aspect of it. But hey, I mean, that's we'll, we'll pony see. up, man. We'll this is this is part of the the, the mental capacity. I think <laughs> for Toronto players, the ones that are still there that have been going through all of this stuff over the years the ones that are still there i i want i do wonder if it comes to a point where mentally speaking the disappointments of year in year in and year out does do you does it come to a point where like all right fuck i've learned enough from this losing i need something else but then when the winning doesn't come and you're still struggling with it does that transfer or does that change or morph into, okay, enough with the losing to, holy shit, are we ever going to be able to win in the playoffs? Like, do you get to a point where like you just, it, it's so detrimental to your spirit in the playoffs. Is it, is it impassable for you as a player? Well, I mean... I, I think for some players, maybe it can be. Maybe there can end up being that mental block, right? Now, listen, you know, we always talk about the goats anymore, right? Like there's more goat talk these days than mm-hmm. anything else, right? So it's like, the, and and from, from a football player to a hockey player to be, whatever sport you're in, like if you're in a situation like an Austin Matthews finds himself in, like, I mean, first overall pick, and we've seen what he's done early in his career. I, I have to think that the mental makeup of that guy is that he is so sickened by the first round exits that this team has gone through. And, and, and listen, the, I, these guys will never say it this way in public ever. No. Not, not until no. their careers are done, but I have to wonder if he, and, and I'm not saying that he doesn't, I actually think he does, but I have to hope that he is that type of player. Mm. And I have to think that he is like, he's just like inside. He's like, this is so godly, you know what, long. Like, I just can't take this anymore. And, and, and who knows, maybe that's why we're seeing a little bit of the season that we're seeing. I like, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm no prognosticator. I'm just trying to kind of somewhat read some of the tea leaves mm-hmm. because, like you said, Marty, I mean, you know, we're, we're hockey fans and we watch this stuff every night. And I, I agree with you 100%. When he scored that goal in Dallas <sighs> – there was something there was something in him that he was uh, saying to something to somebody yeah he was saying was something special. to somebody whether that's at leafs nation for whatever reason yeah. for the pressure or whatever or it's just the, the league as a whole or people just you know the, 
the pressure this guy has had upon him, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's in, in Toronto or away, <clears throat> like, I just have to think if he just said, you know what, like I am laying the hammer down on the season guys. What more do you want? 58 goals in 67 games. Wow. Like, listen, dude, I, I, I other than, other than, you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky back in what, whatever it was, 81 and 82, the guy scoring 92 goals. What more do you want from this player? Yeah. Like I, I just, you know, and again, He's not a guy that's filling up the, the score sheet with goals, and then he's put pots in twenty assists. This guy's got got a serious Balanced. amount of assists. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, it's like he's up there close to forty, if not forty, right? He's playing. Yeah, so, he's playing a team game. He just, you know, every team needs a goal scorer, and that is his strongest asset is that he scores goals very, very well. But I believe right after the Dallas game, which was a Hattie. Um, he came back and ditched out more assists than he did goals. I think he ended up with another 3.9, but it was two assists, one goal. He assisted on Marner's goal, who also, by the way, decided to show up uh, midway through the season. Like Marner has been on fire this year too. Um, he's ridiculous. A, he's a, this like uh, Toronto's always had a really good team. We've all really known that. It's just they're, they've. They've gone through ups and downs and ebbs and flows in the season. It's kind of typical and it's all good. You kind of, especially Toronto, like you, everybody wants to jump on them when they're doing really bad, right? So that, that kind of heightens how bad it, or sorry, yeah, it heightens how bad it was, but it wasn't really that bad. Toronto did not have a bad season at all. Certainly not in the... <laughs> in the Montreal sense or even in Edmonton sense, but uh, Toronto has definitely had their, their moments. They had some injuries. They got to work through to make Yeah. That's the other thing too. Like Matthews didn't even have a full season. Could you imagine? Oh. Like, I think he, he missed a week or two, but could you, Oh my God. Like, I mean, look, we don't, we don't want to spill too much on, on Matthews here, but look, yeah. the reality of it is guy is 65, 65 goals are well within reach. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but if he stays on this pace, Marty, yeah. I mean, Marty, if he stays on this pace, he's got 10 games left. He can score 12 goals, hit 70. I don't see why not. I mean, if anyone can right now, he's got that kind of moxie that you you would look, you know, in a couple of months from now, you look back and if he does it, you'd be like, you know what? I'm not that surprised. He was heading, he's heading in that direction right now, the way he's playing. So, and, and, and the scary thing is, right, is, I mean, and, and and we know this as 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 fantasy managers. I mean, keeping an eye on these players from year to year. This guy, do you mean to tell me that he's not going to come into next year with swag all over oh, the yeah. place? Oh yeah. Like this guy's going to walk into that in, in into that arena, and my God, he's going to have so much swagger you... to him. He knows he's good. He knows he's good, and oh, he knows what he can do. Justin and Bieber now, tells him he, he's good all the time. <laughs> wow, dude. I mean, this guy can walk into any building now and literally oh, yeah. say, "I'm the best goal scorer in the NHL." And so you can't argue do, with that point. Would you say he has taken the MVP award now? Would you say he's done that? Uh, I mean. That's tough. You know I know Marty, it's tough. M- M- Marty, it, it, it really is. Off the top of my head, I'll say, Marty, if, he's, if he doesn't win the award, he's the next guy up. Like it's, yeah. it, it, it's top, it's top two. It's, and for me, it's not oh, even yeah. a question. Um, and, and then look, I mean, you can, I know there's a lot of people that will weigh things on the actual points of the season and dry and McDavid have more points. And yeah. Marty, for me, the, the season that this guy has had, and again, you know, we're going to get dive in, in, into it a little bit more with the 50 and 50 later on in the program, 
but I, I am just utterly impressed with the, the season that this player has had, where he is having that season, i.e. Toronto, yeah. with the scrutiny that this guy is under every, every day, okay? Like, I mean, I watch that overdrive program almost religiously every night, and that media is just all yeah. over that Leafs team. It, it's the same in Montreal, right? Like, if it's a game day, yeah. All the talk from nine o'clock in the t- in the morning on every station, you know, even news, even news stations, yeah. there's, there's, you know, a buzz about the game. Yeah. So the way, what he's done, where he's doing it and the scrutiny that he's doing it under, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, you know, I'd have to really think about it and really look over a couple of candidates to, to, to really solidify my answer to that. But what I can say without even really thinking about it too much, he's got to be top two, dude. He's got to be. I, so I, 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 with the MVP conversation, never mind who's up for it, just the conversation of what is an MVP. I know a lot of people are like, well, the most valuable player to their team is, is one argument. So remove that player. Where is that team? The other argument, um, and this is kind of where I live most of the time, is that it's, it's not the MVP of the team. It's the MVP of the league. And to me, that means points. To me, that means, you know, pizzazz or whatever you want to call it. The guy who did the most damage, but in a positive way, and that benefited the league. Because I, I do think that's where the MVP is. Because it's not for your team. You can pick an MVP for every single team. Does that mean they all have a candidate for the MVP? We're absolutely not. So what I'm saying is Matthews checks both of those boxes, though. He's in the top three for points, or if not top four, sorry. Is he in fourth for points? Yeah, fourth for now. He's number one in goals, and he's doing it all for his team. Take Matthews off of the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs are struggling to make the playoffs. I think that's pretty accurate. I'm not saying well, I mean, they're not take- in it. I'm saying they're struggling to be in it. Well, I mean, if you want to look at it just kind of plain and white, there's 58 goals that are not on that roster. There you go. Yeah, that's so, a big I mean- chunk. <laughs> And not just that, it's his energy, right? And his assists and what he does for other players because he needs to be covered so other players are going to be open. So what I'm getting at is, yes, McDavid and and Dreisaitl will have more points for now, and Huberto, I think, as well, for now. But nothing compared to what... Like, you can take McDavid off that team, and Edmonton is probably pretty much in the same category. Um, still struggling, still not sure if you're making the playoffs. They may, they would probably drop a couple of spots too, but they've had such a, a shitty season this year that they'd just be worse off than what they are and expectations. That's a whole bigger conversation, but I, I get it. I get the argument for McDavid and Dreisaitl. I do, obviously. I'm an Oiler fan, so I do. I, I, I can see it, but in my view, for what the way Matthews has done it this year, how he's done it, the way he's gone about it and carried himself and the whole bit, like the guy is MVP like through and through he's doing it all. And I think the league suffers if he's not in it. 
So that, I don't know, like there's, there's no bigger star in my mind right now than Austin Matthews. That's, and that's just how I feel about Austin Matthews. There you go. I mean, he, I'm sure he's going to appreciate your vote. You know what I mean? He like, loves, gonna hold a lot of weight. Uh, we talk all the it's time. Gonna hold a lo- it's going to hold a lot of weight, man. It'll yeah. hold a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, did you want to touch on Calgary at all? Because it was the other half of this, uh, what we wanted well, to talk, because I think we should. Well, you know what? There, I, I know you're, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to want to go with the, Calgary, the team more, because I got one guy that I really want to yes. kind of give a shout out to, and that's Matthew Kachuk. So I'm looking over some stats over the past little while here, Marty. And I know that we haven't had what, you know, our own uh, uh, regular, uh, regular scheduled program mm-hmm. uh, over the past few weeks. So uh, we haven't had a chance to really kind of dive in deep with some certain things, but man, over the past couple of weeks, I've been keeping an eye on Kachuk and I got to say, like, I'm, I'm really impressed. And I was definitely a little bit off on this guy for sure. <laughs> like I'm, I, I, I could always see him as a point, but point producer, no, no question asked, uh, you know, good, good, solid secondary guy, but dude, I am so sorry. 34 goals, 55 assists for 89 points. Yeah. Like, like we're, we're, yeah. we are literally talking about a 90 point player and there is absolutely no reason for me not to think that he won't hit a hundred. No, not the way like, the I mean, entire team is playing. Like, well, yeah, I mean, he would he would have to have like three or four goose eggs here in regards to points in a game here over the next little while happen. to to miss out on that. And so, suffice it to say, I mean, the the production that you're getting to 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 me, that's all. And I know it's going to sound really weird. That's all bonus because with they knew what they were getting in this guy when they drafted him. He's going to be abrasive and he's going to be hard to play against. And that's why I'm kind of saying all this production mm-hmm. is bonus. Like, I think they knew they were getting a guy that, okay, uh, you know, in the worst case scenario, maybe a 60-point guy, uh, you know, 55, 60-point guy. A, I mean, you've got a guy that, I'm, what's he sitting in right now? I think he's like seventh? I think he might be seventh in the, in the league? league scoring right now or something. He's top 10, yeah. I, I'm not 100% where he sits. I know he's top 10. I'm pretty sure it's seventh. And and I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I looked at that and I'm like, holy <clears throat> cow, man. Surprise. And, 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 and another one of those players kind of uh, um, in the ilk of uh, who the heck did we talk about the last couple of weeks? Anyway, he's just not getting his, he's not getting uh, any of the fanfare. Goudreau gets all the, all the headlines. It seems even like Lindholm gets a little bit more of the headlines. And I don't know if it's just because he's more abrasive or whatever, but anyway, my point that I'm getting to here is Six. you're getting all of this production. It's like Six it's ridiculous. The league. He, you're getting all this production and, the type of coach and the type of game that that team plays and the type of game that's coming up in the playoffs, like <clears throat> I, I, you know, aside from his brother, Brady, who, what other player in the league doesn't like that type of hockey more than these two guys. Yeah. yeah like it's true. just, so for, for me, you're just, you're getting all of those intangibles that the kid was already known for and is already a strong suit. And now you're getting a 90 point player. Like I, I, I don't know, man, like the rich get richer in Calgary, I guess. I just, I guess I, so, yeah. like, like he's, that is right just now one, he's, one. he's having a better season than Kaprizov, Rantanen, Panarin, uh, for as, although he's gone down with energy, I was gonna say Kadri, but, uh, Connor, Ovechkin, Kane, Stamkos, Barkov, Makar, McKinnon, Duchesne. He's better than all these players right now, points wise. 
Like that's absurd. Just, that's those are huge. Those are just you know third line players that he's better at. He's one of the best in the. He's sixth in the league. Thirty four goals and fifty five assists. He's don't sneeze at Matthew Kachuk. He's not like a. I mean that first line, Marty. Is he better than I mean, his he got, dad? He might be better than his dad. Well, I don't know. Dude. To like, see I, I where he was career wise. Oh, I, I got. I got to say, right now, he he certainly is. I I I I have no. I mean, con- the conditioning that he would have uh, uh, on his father alone. That's true. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, still, could, they have to be conditioned well in 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 his dad's days, but they're even more conditioned now. Jesus. I mean, they ha- they've got sports psychologists at 10 years old, for Christ's sake. Oh, so, I mean. Oh, his dad was really good. <laughs> I mean, I knew but, but I, mean, I knew Keith Kachuk was really good, too. But by his sixth season, he had he just finished his second back-to-back 50-goal seasons. He had 50 and 52. So, no. Not better than his dad. Oh, could you, ma- could you imagine being in a I don't family know, like dude. that? <laughs> I, I don't know, like maybe not goal scoring wise, but in regards to point production, it's, I, it certainly seems like he's going to be able to give his dad a run here. It seems like, like he's exactly. Re- yeah, that's right. Like he, like he's, he's finding his groove here. And, yeah. and I'll tell you what, like, I mean, what a first line in Calgary, first oh, of all, yeah. he, he's the type of coach that when you can, I know that not all teams can do this, but when you can, you keep that first line together. Right. Now that's on the player, the onus of the players as well yeah. to play well enough to keep that line together. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what a what a first line Goudreau. I mean, need I say more? This guy can score. This guy uh, can pass. Does it everything for you? I mean, a jack of all trades uh, in Lindholm, and then a physical presence in Kachuk. Like, talk scary. about a tough first line to deal with, man. Like it, they can kind of come at you in any way. So I mean, th- that's hey, listen. I mean, that's just another player that I wanted to kind of hit on this week. I really felt he he deserved to get some uh, some fanfare because you know what? It's definitely a player that knew he was a point producer and knew he was doing well, knew he was having a, a decent season. But I got to be honest with you, it kind of snuck up on me. 89 points. Yeah. And hey, listen, good on him and good on the Flames because that prediction that I had is looking really, really good right about now. Who's got him in our pool? I think it's Scott. Scott I, oh, does Scott have both Kachucks? No, I think so. Does I he really? He does. Oh, what a yeah. jerk. You can't do yeah, that. He does. There's a rule. You can't have brothers on your team. That's a rule. <laughs> yep, he does. I'm bringing Both it. He does? Sitting there. You little yep. shit, Scott. He does. Look at that. Fine. Whatever. I guess we'll just call it the Scott rule. Um, the thing about Calgary is that if you look at their team, you're not blown away. Other than the first line, you're not going like, whoa, look out for this team. At all. Agreed. Past that first line, you're like, who? Oh, him? Okay. Oh, wow. You're on the fourth line? Okay. Like, that's their team. But it's... And this is the, this is the point I need to stress on. There are... As far as I'm concerned, the Jack Adams Award is up to two coaches. Um, oh, I just forgot his name. Pittsburgh. The guy in Pittsburgh? Oh, Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan. Thank you. And Sutter out of Calgary, those are the only two who should get any consideration because what the two of them have done all season long for different reasons too. Like, so Sullivan took a team that kept getting knocked down with injuries and just turned them into one of the most consistently good 
all around teams in the league while they waited for Malkin and Crosby to come back, which they did and everything's fine. And then the same thing in, no, sorry, what happened in Calgary was last year, like they were, I, I was honestly thinking this team is nearing another rebuild. This is, this team is horrible. They're going nowhere fast. And then Suter comes in and says, you know what? I got it. And just writes the shit all the way through, gets everybody to sign on the dotted line. Yes, I swear I will do everything you say all the time, every time. You are our leader. I love you, head coach, something along lines along those lines. <laughs> and everything worked out for they're a top five team in the league. And I'm I'm actually being generous. I would I would argue for them to be in the top three. Because <clears throat> I don't know a team that wants to face them in the playoffs. I don't think you want to face a team like the Calgary Flames in the playoffs. Markstrom and Nets is as scary as they get. The team as a whole and that first line and that power play, like, I don't know. I wouldn't, I, I don't see how you can, you could take a game or two from them. Fine. I could see that. But I think any hole you discover as an opposing team, any hole you discover on this Calgary Flames team, the very next day won't be there. And you're going to have to start all over to try and find another hole to expose and to get a win. Because it ain't happening on back-to-back nights. I mean, for, for me, and I think the easiest way to say it, Marty, is when it, when it comes down to the Calgary Flames and what – what I really see happening here in the playoffs is this, this is the type of team. It, the best way I can say it is they match up well with anybody. Look, I, I'm not, I'm not sitting there saying that Calgary will beat a Colorado or Calgary will beat a certain team, but I'm going to tell you if Colorado ends up against Calgary, like Calgary is not going to be afraid to match their team up and their lines up and their defensive core with any other team in the Western conference period. End of story. And, and if anybody thinks otherwise, then maybe you should uh, be focusing on their coach a little bit more. Cause this guy is no nonsense. Like this is all business for these guys right now. And he's had that thing running like a well-oiled yeah. machine all year. That team has had complete buy-in from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I will still hold firm, and and listen. I like Colorado. Uh, I think there's a lot of weapons yeah. there. I still hold firm. I think I think Calgary is going to come out of the West. I I, I really do. <clears throat> I, I I think that they're going to be pushed by certain clubs, and there's certain uh, teams that will match up well against them themselves. But I just I I don't know, man. I just I love the way that team is playing. I love the way that team is built. I mean, it, it, it they're slugging through the the regular season right now. Uh, as best as they can, but you and I both know, I mean, there, there's been such an underlying current of playoff hockey for the Calgary Flames. And, and furthermore, if you watch some of their, well, some of their games, if you watch basically all their games all year, it's almost playoffs, playoff hockey from day one. Yeah. And when you have a, a team coached by Daryl Sutter, what, what do you expect? Wow. Like this is a, this is a guy that I mean we, we saw what he did with with previous incarnations of his tenures in Calgary we saw what he did in L A yeah. like I mean this guy knows how to win you you can argue with his tactics as long as you want but I mean 
I mean, to kind of take a quote from maybe Patrick Roy from back in the day, I mean, Sutter can plug his ears with a couple of ring, <laughs> a cup rings, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, from his LA days. So, yeah. listen, I mean, you know, he, there's not too much more you can say about the Flames. They've been a really solid hockey team all year long. They've been built for the playoffs, and, you know, they really haven't had this, like, super flashiness to them all year or anything. No. They're just kind of business-like, going going about their, their day and, you know, first in the Pacific and – Again, I, it's not a team that I don't that I I think anybody wants to meet in 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 any kind of a round, and I just think they match up extremely well with that whole Western Conference. At the very least, and we can end it on this note. At the very least, even if fans out there you think no no no, this is the team that's going to win it all or whatever, doesn't matter. At the very least, if you know anything about hockey, you know Calgary has just as good a chance as any other team out there. Whereas you can't say that about the LA Kings, who might, who will most likely also be in the playoffs. You can't say that about potentially uh, Dallas or Washington or even Pittsburgh. There's some holes there that you think to yourself, no, you know what? I can see them with Calgary. Nobody would be surprised if they won it. Because they're playing that kind of hockey, like you said, all season long. They've been, they've been playing like they're ready for the Stanley Cup Game 7 all season long. And that's yeah, just that I think there's, I don't know, something very special about this team. And if, uh, if Daryl does not win the Jack Adams, uh, that I don't know. There's going to be some trouble, some rioting. <laughs> there could be. And that's and they're rough out there, man. That's Calgary. Yeah, that's yep, that's true. Actually, I remember at one Western point, boys out there. <laughs> someone had said, and I don't. I'll find this at some point. Uh, one of the toughest buildings to play in is Calgary, because and it's so quiet. And the reason it's quiet is because they're. It's not because they're not interested. It's because they're they're studying you. They're paying attention to you. And if you're doing shit wrong, they're going to let you know about it. So that's what kept playing for the Flames. I remember, God, I, I'll find it. I'll figure it out who said it was a former player. And that, that says a lot about the fan base there. They know there's shit out there. They may not get as much attention as Toronto or Montreal, but make no mistake, Calgary knows what they're doing out there. Speaking of knowing their shit. Yeah. My, the Habs fan base. Oh, they know where it's at right now, bud. <laughs> <laughs> it is a roller coaster, but yeah. it's a roll. It's but I will say this: in the I'm first half of the season, it was a roller coaster, but it was a roller coaster that nobody wanted to ride. It was a roller coaster from hell. Now, straight second down. half of the year, in particular, <laughs> since Marty St. Louis came on board, yeah, oh, it's man. definitely a ride. Where, I think it's a ride we're willing to a take. More fun, yeah. So, so listen. I mean. Uh, there's been ups and downs again here this week, yeah, yeah. and I, I don't think anybody could uh, could argue with that, and I don't think anybody could be happier with that. I mean, we, we know what's going on. We you know we we've been in games, and I and you know what I mean. I, I think that's the most important thing, and I mean at least for me it is anyway. To see them, uh, they could have easily just packed it in, Marty, in the past twenty to twenty five games. Oh yeah, and to see and to see the way the teams played uh, in the back half here, and again, in particular since Marty's taken over. Yeah, I mean, they're in games. They're they're putting there's an effort, and I think from a fan's point of view, and 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 this particular fan base, and seeing what the team's going through, 
That's all you can ask for. Now, listen, we've got some great showings right now with Caulfield and Suzuki. And I know I've been kind of tooting her horn here the past few weeks. But you know what? For our particular Hab segment, that needs to be said because the growth continues. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't a 10 great game stretch where Caulfield is scoring. I mean, we're easily here into like a 20, 25 game stretch here where, you know, Caulfield is doing what was expected of him when he was drafted. Yeah. So, and listen, and look, I mean, in regards to Suzuki, I think we're all kind of seeing a, uh, a first line centerman here. Is he your prototypical 6'3, 210 pound centerman? No, he's not, but he certainly is making up for it in the hockey IQ. And that's on display all over the ice. Yeah. Does that translate the points right now? No, not necessarily. But for any hockey fan that can sit there and watch a game and somewhat analyze it, I don't need you to be a coach. I just need you to kind of have an eye test somewhat. <laughs> to a certain extent yeah. i mean we can see that suzuki's getting that done yep but i mean uh, on top of that i mean i certainly like the way that uh they've been playing roman off of late um there's nothing earth shattering there uh but i will say with a minus three and the type of season that that team has had uh somewhere along the lines that speaks volumes uh, whether he would, sh- whether he was sheltered at the beginning of the year or not, he certainly isn't sheltered now. The guy's playing that upwards of 22, 23 minutes a night. So, and, and and you know what? It's another, it's another thing. And this kind of goes back to Caulfield and, and Suzuki as well. I, I'm liking the confidence that these players are showing right now. Now, I don't know if that's because of the coach that they have, and he's allowing them to uh, show a little bit more of their personality, but I mean, heck I'm on Twitter and every second day, there's another meme or something with Caulfield in regards to the team pictures, the guy's asking for a stool Stool, because he was, because he was put through, he he was put in between, I think it was Petrie and, uh, some other, some other, uh, towering monster. So he looked retarded uh, between those two. So, but again, the point is, is that they're having fun. It's loosey goosey. I know there's nothing to play for right now. And maybe that makes things a little bit easier and there's no pressure that way. Uh-huh. But look, uh, but, but I mean, all the, all that on top of the fact that you've got, uh, and I've been talking about him lately too, and Joshua Roy down with the uh, Sherbrooke Phoenix. Uh, he just hit a hundred points on the season. And you know what? I wanted to hit on another kid for all of you Habs fans out there. And my apologies for not doing my job and keeping a better eye on things. But there's a young player by the name of Riley Kidney, and he's playing his trade out of Acadie Bathurst to Teton. And he is scoring at quite a nice pace as well. And I haven't mentioned this guy at all. He's in the queue. Uh, so, uh, you know, it is a bit more of an wow. offensive league. But, li- but listen, uh, in 57 games played, 27 goals, 60 assists for 87 points. And, and you know what? I'm not saying that either one of these players are going to end up being first-line uh, players, second-line players. Marty, for all I know, it may not work out for either player. But at the particular moment when we're looking at what we've got on the club now with the youth and, and, and the speed that we're trying to bring into the game, with these two kids doing so well in the queue, Mm-hmm. And again, I know that the Q has always been somewhat of an offensive league. It's not as defensive minded as maybe some other leagues, but listen, you got to put the points up to put the points up, man. And these kids are doing it. So again, not sure what this ends up being three and four years down the road, but it certainly is positive right now to have these kids playing so well and in our uh, pipeline in our system. So, I mean, better in ours than somebody else's is the way yeah, I look well, exactly. at it. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You still, you can't be upset by like, 
when you have players in your system, this is what you want to see. You want to see your players doing well wherever they are. And you guys seem to be doing something really good there because you do have some great talent coming up. So what I do want to say about this, this team right now, the way they're playing in the NHL, the NHL players, I... The energy they have, they're they're enjoying themselves. They're they're loose, so they're playing good. And I'll so <laughs> to my own experience, there was this one time I was in high school and I was playing tennis. Uh, I was playing doubles tennis with with a guy named Alex. I'll leave his last name out of it, but anyways, he and I were doubles. Uh, we were paired up. Okay, we'd never played tennis before, and we were we our coach was like, you know, I see something. You guys, you should join this tournament. So we did. And we started playing really good. Like we were, as it turns out, we were actually very, very good. And we won our first two games and we're like, geez, we were just having fun. We're just like, all right, whatever. But then we smoked what would have been the eventual winners. But anyways, we, by the third game, like, listen, we need to take this seriously now. Like we're actually pretty far into this. And the second we started taking it seriously, we started losing. And then we lost the rest and we played one final game that didn't mean anything. It was just sort of a game that you had to play, whatever you played X amount of games, but it meant nothing. We had fun. We whooped their asses again. My point is teams, when you're there, sometimes you have a group of people uh, of, of uh, teammates that the best thing for them is just to let them play, to have fun and they'll have the best, out outcome than if had you tried to force them to play to take it seriously like make sure you're doing this and and then it ruins it for them it's no longer fun and now they're they're just not playing to their full potential my that's my only fear with montreal is that right now this team is having fun and they're playing good and things are good and things are loosey-goosey and you know let's go out there every night and and just enjoy ourselves that would be the only thing stopping me from saying sign Martin St. Louis to a long-term contract as your head coach. I would say sign him to a two or three, just because I think he, the only thing that makes that stops me from saying that he is your coach of the future is the potential that he walked into an already completely lost season. Ain't no way shit's going to get worse. He could have gone in and you guys have lost the rest of the season, literally every single game, and it would not have affected his coaching career whatsoever. He could have probably found another coaching job somewhere else. Everyone would have said, not his fault. This team sucked. But look what he's done to this team. He has done the exact opposite. He has completely reversed a season that was in complete disarray, a locker room filled with players that hated going in to play hockey. Now, can't wait to go to the the gym, can't wait to go to the practice, can't wait to go and play a game. They know they most likely will still lose, but will still enjoy it all the same. This team has a chemistry, has a bond now. The The players that are on this team that are going to be there for the long haul, Fucking love it there and don't want to leave and don't want St. Louis to leave either. So I, I, I think you sign St. Louis to a two-year contract, you give them the benefit of the doubt, and you pray to God that a full season, not saying that their expectations next year are to win the cup, 
But the expectation next year would be to be better, obviously. Not to have another season like this. Because if you go out next year and you have another season like this with the same kind of record, kind of the same kind of... Even if all the players love playing for St. Louis, if you go out next year and have this kind of season, St. Louis isn't keeping his job. They'll probably let him walk even on the last year of his contract and try to find or go in a different way. But hopefully not. Hopefully you go into next year and you see that that chemistry that and all the young kids just flourish and just get even better and win while still having so much fun. You, you know, the Toronto blue Jays, the young core, the, they're being picked to win the world series. This young group of kids playing because they love it. They're joking around, but then they can turn around and be deadly serious. And like, let's go. We got to win this game. Like that's what I see the Montreal Canadians being eventually if not the, if not already i mean at, at the very least hard to quantify like you know a certain amount of wins or yeah. uh, maybe a certain amount of goals for anything if you're in, in the situation the habs find themselves in which you want to see is continued growth mm-hmm. i mean for if you want a little bit of an example of that maybe you can kind of hit on something like the ottawa senators right yep. where now I, I know there's a lot of people that could argue, you know, that their growth is stagnated and so on and so forth. And maybe it has uh, this particular year, but I mean, COVID and everything else, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are involved in that, but not getting too far away from it here. I mean, you just want to see some continued growth throughout that organization. Does that happen in maybe your defensive game? Does that happen in, uh, you know, in this particular uh, uh, situation? Is Cole Caulfield hit a 35 goals next year? Yeah. Does he, is he start pushing for a 36 or 37? You know, does he start getting to that 40? Um, you know, maybe Suzuki, do we, is he pushing for a 75 point, 80 point season next year? Uh, like, I, I'm not trying to push things further than where they should go. I'm just trying to say it, it, it can be in, in many different ways, but I think as long as, that management team can kind of sit back and after after next year, let's say, they're able to sit back and, and, and say to themselves that, okay, we did see some growth in this team wherever and in whatever facet that may have been in. I think that's the most important thing that you want to see as a fan base. I mean, things are there is going to have to be some patience here that things are going to take some time. Yeah. But I like what you're saying, though. I mean, it, it, it's certainly a case where if you can – Again, we've talked about it at length on this program. Things were so toxic. You've got it to a point now where this team is happy to come in and play hockey. On top of that, they're happy to to, to be playing for themselves and and, and as a group. Like, I mean, it's kind of like you're saying, some of these people who are going to be around for the long haul, your Caulfields, your Suzukis, that there isn't this doldrum of going through the the, the yeah. last 10 games of the season. Yeah. And again, I, I go back to what I was mentioning earlier. There's a lot of uh, positivity and, you know, I, every second meme right now on Twitter uh, in regards to the Canadians is a meme about uh, Caulfield and just, you can see them smiling on the bench. There, there is a joyfulness around that team right now, yeah. regardless of what the record is. And, that that was to me the most important thing. Some of the other things, your Gortons and and your your Hughes, and if St. Louis stays around, your Marty St. Louis are are going to be able to figure out those X's and O's yeah. and and that back room kind of stuff. What you what is the hardest thing to really 
uh, get with the team is like you're saying the galvanizing of a team, uh, wanting to play for each other, uh, yeah. you know, all pulling in the same direction. I know there's a lot of uh, kind of hockey innuendos here, but it really is true because yeah. when you get that train rolling, yeah. Marty, that's when we see these teams like St. Louis a couple of years ago, March to a Stanley cup yeah. final there, there, there's, a, there's, Sometimes when a team that maybe is not the team that was uh, the best at the end of the regular season or even should have won the cup, there's sometimes where that team, there's just a galvanizing aspect to an organization, whatever that may be, and they just run with it and they go with it and it it, it carries them to the promised land. And uh, I mean, we I certainly hope that for, for the Habs down the road, but I mean, that culture is is the is one of the most important things you can have in your organization because if you don't have it you can have the best players at several positions mm-hmm. but if there isn't a willingness to pull in the same direction to have a complete buy in yeah. we've seen it Marty with these super teams uh and and it not work out so yeah. i mean uh, i i'm happy with where the habs are at right now i'm certainly uh, pleased with how the second half of the season has gone here. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Just uh, onward and upward, really, for this organization. And I think the right piece are in, uh, are in, right people are in place at the right time. Yeah. And, and almost in stark contrast, which <sighs> I hate saying it. So my Oilers are, I don't know, beneficiaries of two of the top players in the world uh, who will just get points after points um, and a, you know, a sprinkling here and there of a couple other guys who can play hockey pretty well as well. I feel that's the Oilers. I feel they're, they're not a complete team. There's in terms of identity. No, there, I, I don't outside of we hold the two best players in the world identity there is no identity to this team there there's nothing that you can sort of sign a check to which is not a saying i just made that up but we're gonna roll with it i think the coach is trying his best i think he's actually doing a very good he's doing a better job than Tippett did much better at giving this team some semblance of an identity um, but I think because of the way the season went out, it was, it's too late. You can't, you're not going to get no coaches that good to come in and give you that kind of identity in a, maybe in a winning season. Cause St. Louis certainly is doing that in Montreal. Um, but I think in that regard for Montreal, what St. Louis did there was he took a team that was dumping on, on each other. Uh, and just told them, stop dumping on each other and let's start having some fun. And you're not going to win anything this year, but let's try to have some fun. In that regard, it's a little bit easier. Whereas when Woodcroft come in with Edmonton, listen, you guys are supposed to be winning the Stanley Cup for like the second season in a row this year. And you're, we're wondering if you're going to make it to the playoffs at all. Build an identity within that. That's too difficult. That's too daunting of a task. So I think what's happening right now, yeah, I think the Oilers are playing really good hockey. They're playing closer to the type of hockey now than any other time in the season that matches the way they came out of the gate. When Edmonton started the season, they looked like that top three team like we all thought they would be. They were dangerous. They were high-flying. 
They were scoring goals left, right, and center. They were even good in nets. Uh, their goalies were actually decent at the time. Um, but unless Smith goes on this otherworldly run where he, kind of what he did last year to gain a two-year contract to, to sort of pull the wool over the eyes of, of, of Holland or maybe Holland had no choice because no one else would sign there. Who knows? But Smith would really need to just take this over. I don't think Koskinen's got it in him to take its to take this team anywhere. So I do think it's Smith or Bus that if this team's going to do anything, it's going to be because Smith came out of nowhere and just did really good. But my fear with that, if Smith does do really good, let's say gets them to the third round, but then becomes the goal, we all know who he is at the end of his career. He's a, at best, 900 save percentage, hovering near three goals against. That's who he is. That's who will eventually come out unless he gets lucky for even longer. Um, but I think that's what happens. I think if Edmonton goes anywhere in the playoffs, they get far enough that Ken Holland will use that again and not go out and get another goalie next year and say, no, Mike Smith did super good for us. We all saw it. But it's just it's just long enough to say that he does he could still play in the NHL, but it's not long enough to get long contracts and be a starting goalie. That's my issue with Smith and Edmonton. I mean, for me, when it comes to your earlier, I will say this. The questions in Nets are still there. Yeah. Um, some questions defensively yep. uh, are still, are still there. I will say the acquisition of Kulak definitely uh, has helped that yep. team. And, and, and you know what, Marty, I'm not saying that he himself, it's the slotting of players. That's it. Yeah. That you're right. able that you're able to manage. Yeah. Um, now listen, that aside, Marty, this is a team that's seven, two and one in their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give this team credit. They just come off a seven-game win streak. Uh, I mean, up until last night, I think they lost in two-one shootout, shootout in overtime, two-one to Colorado, I believe. Yep. Okay. All their own. And 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 and, and that's and that's another point I want to get to is I like the way this team has been playing, in particular over the last little bit here, taking care of the business they need to take the care of, and more importantly, against some of the big boys here recently, they've had some really good showings. Mm-hmm. So. Again, I will hold firm. I'm not sure if Edmonton has the type of team that can get out of the first round. I think that Edmonton is... I think Edmonton's a team that all they needed and all they still need, and we've said it time and time again, is they need... All they need is Jack Campbell. They don't need a world beater. (laughs) They don't need a world beater. They need a guy that can come in there and quell some questions in regards to the actual goaltending position. Mm-hmm. I don't think that your defense, your defense ain't perfect, but I don't think that your defense is what is going to consistently. I'm not saying that your defense can't lose you a game. I'm saying that they will not be losing you games on a consistent basis. Yeah. Like you, like your goaltending 
yeah. uh, would and 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 kind of has. Yeah. Now listen, here's the here's the good for all you Edmonton fans out there. Here's the good news: with all that has gone wrong in your season, with falling off a cliff, with Mike Smith, with all of it, Koskinen, pick whoever you want, Evander Kane, you're sitting in second place in the Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. There points. is a lot that can. There's a lot that can go on in the last 10 games. Like nothing is really set in stone here, but with everything that's gone on, you're second place in the Pacific division. So listen, I know you've talked about a hope Marty for the last little while. Mm-hmm. So you got to hope that Mike Smith can give you at the very, very least average goaltending. I don't even need above average. All I need is average because if I can have my offensive game where it needs to be, I'm probably uh, getting calls on McDavid, probably getting a call here and there on dry cycle. I mean, that power play, if yep. you can just get that, that power play on the ice yep. again, that's where things start to get rolling a little bit because that team puts so much pressure even in a five-on-five situation on, on, on an opposing team. With the power play, you're just able – if you're able to get – like we've seen it happen time and time again, Marty. If there's a period where the Oilers can get two or three power plays in that period, mm-hmm. that uh, that other team, they are going to be sucking wind here Yeah. by the end of that third power play. Oh, because, yeah. yeah, now all your penalty killers who are sprinkled throughout your lineup yep. are gasping for air your star players or some of those star players that maybe don't do a lot other than their own power play and five on five have now been sitting on, on the bench for long extended periods of time. So there is a way to get, I'll say get deeper in the playoffs, but there's a couple of what ifs that need to happen. And we all know that that's kind of where things can get a little bit messy is, well, we need, but if we can have this happen or if yeah. we can have this happen. So listen, I mean, I, I, I want to give them the credit where the credit's due. They've been playing some really good hockey and it's not just a small sample size lately here. Yep. Like they, you know, other than that nine, five debacle against Calgary, th- this team has been playing some pretty good hockey and, and it hasn't been all seven, six and five, four games here. They've had some sprinkling in there of three, two games, two, one games, yep. which I've been very, very, happy about for that squad and that fan base because you're able to win in different ways. Does that translate to the playoffs? We will see, but I can't shit on the Oilers this week. This is a team that could have wilted. This is a team that could have wilted a long time ago. Yeah. There was a lot of pressure on that team. And, 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 and we all saw the organization and their own players feel it, but what did they do? They picked up, they picked up themselves up, pulled up their socks and they're on a decent run right now. I don't know what that means for the playoffs. I still have my uh, reservations about that team and the playoffs, but I'll tell you what, with the way that they are playing hockey at the current moment, there's a better chance that they can get out of the first round than at any other point that I've been able to say during the season. Oh, and that's exactly it. They're, they're trending in the right direction at the right time. So good for them. But that's the thing with this team this year is they go through trends. And when they're ready to shit the bed, they know how to do that pretty well too. So 
you got to wonder, are they running out? Are they going to run out of gas midway through the playoffs? Because that's their timeline, right? Their ebbs and flows. They go back down after reaching such a high. So you go in a little too hot in the playoffs. As a Oilers fan, I'm thinking to myself, all right, they're going in too hot. You've, you've exasperated all of your energy at the end of the season. And the, all you got to show for it is a fifth or sixth place seating, which does nothing. Save some of that for the playoffs. Now, what I will say is this year, unlike any other year, I feel McDavid and Dreisaitl will try, not try, they, they'll have a bigger chip on their shoulder this year. I, I've, I get a feeling we're going to see something really special from them this year. I think McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to offensively explode all over their appointments. Uh, if they, you know, if they lose in the first round, they're still going to come out of there with tons of points. Cause I think they have, they feel they have something to prove and they kind of do uh, given the season we've had. And again, this is, <laughs> it's stupid to say that they're both leading the league in points. They don't have anything to prove. It's just, when you lead the league in points every year of your career, sorry, you need to do something else. And not winning a Stanley Cup every year of your career is not that other thing I'm talking about. <laughs> you need to win that Stanley Cup. That's the other thing. And they know that. And that's why I think this year in the playoffs, it feel, it'll feel a little bit different. So this is all hope, right? That's what this is the season of hope for Edmonton. Because that's, you know, about halfway through the season, that was all that was left was just hope. I hope they can make it to the playoffs. I hope they can trade for a goalie. I hope something happens. We're still there. We're still in the hope because I hope they can make it past the first season or first round. I hope they can get a goalie, well, Smith, essentially, to get really hot and stay hot the whole time. And I hope McDavid and Dreisaitl will find another gear so that if their goaltending does take another giant leap back, that the offense can fix that somehow on, on their own. And I, I don't think that's a recipe for a Stanley Cup hockey team, but it's all we have because we don't have answers anywhere else. So... It's funny because I remember the Ken Holland saying in his press conference, the answers in that dressing room. And at the time I'm like, fuck you. No, they're not. It's not in there. What are you doing? <laughs> but now it's almost like he, he wanted to create that scenario. Like, no, too bad. The answer's in that dressing room. You don't have a choice. Figure it out, make it happen. And maybe that is what he meant. He knew that the answer wasn't in there, but he was going to force it out of them one way or another. Um, I don't know if I want to give him that much credit, but anyways, the season of perpetual hope continues for the Edmonton Oilers and we'll see where it gets us, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> well, speaking of hope and hopefulness, we do have our beauties in the beast segment to, yes, to come. Do. I know some of you've been waiting on this. Well, I know I have, Yeah, I want to see, uh, I've been wanting to see who you're marking down this week, but were you, I took it a different way. Yes, you did. You did. Which is more than fine. But myself, I decided to to go. (laughs) No choice. So this week, I have got 
Mr. Robert Thomas as one of my beauties. Underrated. You're looking at a six foot, a uh, very underrated. You're looking at a six foot, two hundred and eighteen pound, twenty two year old. I thought he was a couple of years older. I thought. He was older anyway, hey, li- listen, nice. twenty two, more than more than perfect. Sixty two games played, eighteen goals, forty seven assists for sixty five points. He's a plus thirteen. Plus thirteen. And you know what? He's and he's playing some serious minutes here, man. He's playing yeah. first line minutes with that Tarasenko line. Eighteen fifty one time on ice. So listen, a little little ditty about uh, Thomas here. Him along with Kairou, they've been definitely giving the Blues that all-important dairy secondary scoring that complements the likes of O'Reilly, Tarasenko, your Shens, and your Prawns. Yeah. I mean, I think even you and I, Marty, we could argue that in all reality, these guys are probably leading the charge in regards yes. to that offensive yeah, game. I, would say so. I mean, with both of them being as young as they are, they're quite impressive. And, uh, you know, they certainly definitely taken a step the, the torch uh, has here. been passed i think on well, a lot I of think... teams and st louis is like that dallas is another team like that too but yeah it's st louis's young core has officially taken over now i think so i mean heck the guy has gotten uh he's on a nine game point streak he's gotten 17 points in the last nine <laughs> games so I, like uh, again i don't know what more you want that's multi-point games all over that's the place huge. and and again the exposure to tarasenko certainly helps yeah. But I mean, the guys, the guys uh, taking full advantage of his opportunity and good on him. He's got the pedigree of a first round pick. And you know what? Him along with Kyrie, it'll be interesting to see how things transition here over the next little while with the Blues. I know that Tarasenko would want it out for a little bit. So we'll see what happens there. But even if he does, I, I can safely say I think they're in pretty good hands here. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Good on Thomas. Good on uh, Kyrie as well. And good on the Blues. Um, second one up here, guys. It's a little bit of a uh, an unfortunate one here in regards to the fact that he just got injured and the season is over. But before that happened, I think we can all say that Jack Hughes had his breakout. Yeah. And how. <laughs> you're looking at a 5'11 kid, 175 pounds. So, I mean, you know what? You're, uh, you're never going to get a monster here. This is always going to be a player that's a little bit more slight of size. Mm-hmm. But... That uh, 20 years old in 49 games, 26 goals and 30 assists for 56 points. I'll take that. Yeah. And the nice thing I like about it with him is he's always been, he was seen as a massive pass first guy, especially going through the United States uh, development team program and his beginning years here with the, uh, with the devils. So I was more than pleased to see that in 49 games played, he scored 26 goals so I like that he's starting to have a little bit of selfishness to his game and starting to shoot the puck yep. a little bit more because uh, he he's got it. some talent. He's, he's got some talent too. And I mean, he, he can definitely show it. He's got a pretty good shot for, for someone who's passed first in my eyes, but yeah. either way, uh, I think, like I said, I think we can agree here that uh, we got a glimpse of what's to come next season for Hughes. Uh, he certainly has turned the corner in his young career. We've seen some period of dominance, but I mean, I, like I say, I mean, we, we saw it for a pretty a pretty good sample size this year. And, uh, you know, other than the uh, injury robbing him of some games here at the end of the year, I mean, he was on a bit of a run here over the last little while. So, but I mean, hey, hey having said that, if you're one of those uh, fantasy managers that held on to him throughout the first couple of years, yeah, uh, suffice it to say, you may not get exactly uh, what you want to be repaid in this particular year. But just hold on, folks, because yeah. I think this kid's going to be taking you on for a little bit of a ride here. And uh, there's multi-point games, I think, in this kid's future littered all over the place. So There's a, there's a couple uh, for- good pieces around him, too, that you can see New Jersey getting 
maybe maybe it's not more W's as a result, but they're they're going to be a lot more fun to watch in years to come because they, they do have a good young core and Jack Hughes is right in the center of all that and he's going to be the beneficiary of that. So if you got a keeper league, absolutely, he's a no brainer. You have to keep him. Well, I mean, you know what, Marty? Like, I'll want to see a little bit how things play out. Let's say maybe over the next six months and maybe a little bit of the starting of next year. But this team, to me, has got a little bit of a, a sneakiness to them. And, and the reason I say that is, you know, he sure, you know, has had some injuries over the course of his career. Uh, Jack has kind of had a couple here and there, too. And just, you know, he seemed, he's even said it himself, he was overwhelmed in his, his rookie season. Yes, that's true. Uh, so, you know, when you get these two guys clicking a little bit, a little bit more health for he sure. I'm really liking uh, Igor Sharangovich. Uh, yes. I'm liking the way he compliments the players. Uh, I know that there's Jasper Bratt down there. So I, yep. what I'm getting to here is this could be a type of team that, I mean, look, uh, playoffs weren't even in the same sentence as New Jersey this year. But I, I guess at the end of the day, if they can maybe get themselves a little bit of consistent goaltending, yes. uh, I think the defense is okay. I think if there's a little bit more growth up front, um, to a certain extent, if somebody said to me, geez, I never saw New Jersey as a wildcard team at the end of next year, I, 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 there would probably be a little bit of me that would be surprised, but there would definitely be some part of me that would be like, no, I could see that. It, I, I could see that it, a little bit. Yeah, or, a fight for at le- or at least a fight for a yep. wild card. I think it makes sense. Uh, that, uh, maybe maybe that says it a little bit better. If they're still fighting for a wild card towards the end of next year, yeah. that wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. I think this team has got a little bit of offensive punch. I think they got enough on the back end that they can hold their own. If they can get a bit of a goalie that can play yeah. 50, 55 games here, I don't even need like a true starter. I just need like an in-between guy until I find somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. but I, I like what they got going on and, and, and I agree with you. It's, it, they're, the best is definitely yet to come with this yeah, young group. Absolutely. Um, last one, but not least in regards to beauties, and he is definitely going to be uh, familiar to you, Marty. A little bit. Charlie McAvoy, man. Um, definitely not talked about in regards to the elite of the elite when it comes to the defensive end. No. But I don't know about you. I'll certainly take a guy that's 24 years old, scoring me 51 points in 68 games with a plus 20 and on the ice for 24-38 a game. Um, Yep. Sign me up, please. This is, and he's trending up up from these other years. So he's, this is just a taste of what's going to come in the years to come. Well, I mean, look, the, the, the one thing I think that was, isn't it kind of funny? Kid comes in as a, you know, young kid comes in out of college He's so he's got such a well-rounded game mm-hmm. that a lot of that a lot of his time is spent on the PK uh, with Chara. Uh, a lot of time sp- uh, spent with Chara on five on five as well. I guess what I'm getting to here is this kid had such a well-rounded game as a young player. He didn't get on to the power play very often. Krug was still around at the time. Yeah. So I my point is is that you're getting to see this kid start to flourish a bit now because. He is without question Boston's number one. Yeah, he's on the penalty kill like he's always been his whole career because he's a defensively minded. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sorry, you know what? Not defensively minded, defensively responsible uh, defenseman. I mean, he can put up the points, but this is a guy that's not going to kill you in the defensive zone either. Yeah, he knows his so knows his role. He he's he's starting to flourish because he's getting his opportunity now. He's definitely taking advantage of the uh, that power play out in Boston with twenty one points with the man up. 
He's like I say, he still plays on the PK. He's got exposure to all that top talent in Boston. I these are the types of players, Marty. If you win the championship this year, those are the types of players, and you know yeah. it just as well as I do. He's the guy that's going to win it for you. Those are the types of because your Headmans, everybody's going to know about yep. your Headmans. Anybody knows about your Macars. Everybody knows about your Adam Foxes. Now you start getting into that second tier. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody at the beginning of the year could have necessarily, I'm not saying that it wasn't possible. I'm sure. saying that I don't think any, I don't think anybody saw McAvoy with 51 points this year. Not so good yeah, on him. Exactly. Good on him. Good on the fantasy managers that targeted him out there because you are reaping the benefits of mm-hmm. this player and, and Marty, he's playing well for you and playing well for any fantasy managers at the right time. Because I know we don't have it in our own pool, but this is playoffs right now for a lot of hockey pools yeah. uh, around. The last month of the year usually That's is true. your playoff season. I know it's not for us, but he is doing some wicked, wicked damage for you right now. And any Absolutely. of the fantasy managers out there with his play over the past, geez, I mean, you could probably honestly go back. I want to say about three weeks to a month, maybe. Ever since I picked like, him he's up, really been playing some. He's been playing some solid hockey, and I'll tell you Consistent, what, he's yeah. definitely... If he's a player that's out there on the free agent market in our in our league, definitely a guy I'm going to be targeting. And I'll tell you what, nope. if he is ever on any of your free agent lists out there in daily fantasy, uh, for whatever stupid reason, make sure you pick him up ASAP without he, question. He Get played his way into my protected list of players, at least in a conversation for I have three lists. He is on two of the three because the other one is a, what if, you know, what if I don't do this? What if I don't protect this player? So he, but he earned it um, down the stretch for sure. I mean, the only thing that you could, and again, this comes down to our particular uh, fantasy hockey pool and our scoring system. The only thing you can gripe about is the eight goals. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But, but, but when he's, but when he's providing you with 43 assists, that's kind of compensating for any lack of goal scoring that, you know, and, and I, it would be, premature to jump ship uh, on his eight sure and uses eight goals as the rationale for that because it, what you look at his stats over the years and what he's done this year clearly he has been given a different type of role with this team because the most points he's ever gotten in a season was 32 the most goals he's ever gotten in a season was seven he surpassed both of those this year, 52 and 8. So what I'm getting at is if you jump ship now and you use the fact that he's only scored eight goals as the rationale, you're going to be disappointed um, next year because he's going to come out with 13 to 15 next year. And you're going to be like, damn it, why did I do it? Because he's trending well, that, in that direction now. And that's where you got to have some forward thinking, right? Because yeah. let's call it what it is. Brad Marchand's not going to be there forever. No, I'll tell you right now, neither is Patrice Bergeron. So, I mean, you could see a day where Pasternak's still around. And where do you think, and and when teams lose personnel like that, Mm. it's not only just, oh, okay, well, we're going to plug somebody else in there and keep her going. That power play will change. And does the power play now run a little bit more through McAvoy, i.e., is he throwing bombs at the net? So, yeah, like I say, I mean, you know, and and I certainly hope it didn't come across the wrong way. I would never let uh, a McAvoy go, uh, even with the eight goals, because mm-hmm. again, with that forward thinking, and like you just mentioned, does that pop up by five goals next year? 
you know i think it could even ha- i think it will and, and 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 that's the thing does it even happen that way like even with a marchand even with the patrice yep. bergeron yeah. the, the, does uh does um not sullivan but um my god bruce cassidy in boston oh, i can't believe oh, it was yeah i mean does the, does bruce cassidy mix things up a little bit more down yeah. the line who knows so yeah. i mean i don't want to take too much uh, time in regards to mcavoy here i gotta yeah. get to Sorry. my my beast which is definitely going to be a uh, point of contention between the two of us. <laughs> and that is the 50 goals in 50 games for Austin Matthews. Now, my whole big point about this whole thing is I have no problem with the whole saying of, yep, yeah, it's 50 goals in 50 games, because in my eyes, it is 50 goals in 50 games, because it doesn't matter whether you are scoring that goal, scoring those 50 goals in between games one and 50, the way I see it is when you sit there and say that a player has scored 50 goals in 50 games, that could mean it's between games 22 and 80. It could be between games 15 and 63. Like whatever you want, whatever period of games you want to use. And, And the other point that I have to add on to that Okay, this traditional 50 goals in 50 games being counted from the start of the year, to, I got to say, it, it, for me, it doesn't really hold much water anymore because of the way the game is. Back, back in the day when this was a, this true 50 and 50, you had six original teams. And even after that, it was 12. So you arguably, arguably had seven, eight in, on some teams and back in the original six days Montreal had half their team that was friggin' all-stars and and uh, another half of them that were friggin' hall of famers yeah. so you had all that talent around you. So, so what I'm getting to here is this Matthews doesn't have five and six and seven uh hall of famers you could even go back to the 80s with the Oilers with those hall of famers they had they had a nice bunch down there too this guy's getting this done with not as much talent with tighter checking, um, a dominant player, how can I put this, isn't dominating the league as much as maybe they were back then. And even then, you can't really say they were. They certainly weren't conditioned the way they are now. The goaltending was nowhere near what it is right now. So my whole point is, is that I think this whole 50 goals in 50 games, having to be or this old school way of having to be from games one to 50 for me, it just makes no sense anymore because I go back to exactly what the wording is. He just scored 50 goals in 50 games. If it got scored between games 22 and 72, and there were 50 goals in those 50 games, that is 50 goals in 50 games. It's not 49 and 50. It's not 51 and 50. It's 50 and 50. Like he, that individual got that job done. So for, for me personally, it, it, it maybe is just more of a personal viewpoint on the issue, but I don't, I just don't think that anymore you can, you, you can see, you can hold a candle to it having to be from games one to 50 to count as this 50 and 50, this player just, made a huge accomplishment and it should be celebrated 
And I don't think that it should be disclaimed or uh, uh, looked at it in, in, in negative light that it wasn't done between games one and 50. Don't, I, I don't know much what more to say other than that. Marty, the floor is yours, buddy. So to keep it going, I'm going to start with my beast because you know what my beast is. My beast is what Mike just said that the anti-Toronto Matthews 50 goals in 50 games. I'm going to go against. Now, let me just preface this by saying I do agree with you to an extent that regardless of how you slice it, 50 and 50, no matter how you get it, is ridiculously impressive. You have to give credit where credit is due. And what he's done is absolutely awesome. I love watching it. I love that he brought us all along for the ride. It's been wonderful. However, it is not the same. At all. It's not even in the same category. You can't have the same conversation as the guys who have done it one through 50, or even I'll take it further than that. Even a player who did it between games 25 and 75. I don't care. That's more impressive than what Matthews has done. And the main reason for it is because when you're chasing that goal in a season, and you don't have the luxury of a break, time off to recoup from an injury, you know you're in that chase and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, my ankle might be sore, but I want this. Then you're going to, you know, cortisone shot, let's go, smelling salts, whatever it is, get me on the ice, I'm scoring another goal. That is otherworldly stuff. That is extremely impressive stuff and deserves to be its own thing as it as it is now and as it forever should be because there is i don't know of another feat in another sport that is as impressive as as that 50 goals in the first 50 games that is ridiculous absolutely like when gretzky did his what was it he did 50 and 34 was it 39 39 there you go yeah like i'm sorry but (laughs) That is, there's, that's the most impressive thing I've ever heard in a sports stat. Like the, like Matthews is killing it and I'm loving the ride, but I would swap with any fan from back in that day, watching Gretzky do his thing versus what I'm watching hundred percent. Like it's not even close. So while I do agree, it's impressive. I think the anti-Toronto Matthews 50 goals and 50 talk is absolutely justifiable. Let that be fodder for him next year to go out and do it in the first 50. I think Matthews can do it. I think he's the next guy to do it. And I think he could do it next year because he's got that energy left over from this season. So I, I can see that happening. And if he does, then anybody who says, like you, that it's, no, it's still impressive, you'll see. You'll feel differently if he does it next year and you'll jump on my ship. <laughs> well, I, I, and, and I, I want to be clear in regards to like, I'm, I, I don't want to take anything away from Gretzky and no, no, it's not that. And, 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 and when it comes to that, I, I kind of wanted to almost separate them, separate them in categories. If you want to sit here with me and talk about, okay, talking about how fast someone can score 50 goals in whatever, like that, I, I guess that's kind of where I'm making my uh, distinction between the two. 
Okay. If you want to sit here and when we want to have a conversation with the boys at the next draft and, and the conversation is about how fast somebody can score 50 goals. Okay. Like th- that, that whole, that whole category for me, I, I'm trying to put this in, in a way that makes sense. Like if you want to talk about from the start of a season, how fast somebody can get to 50 goals, that's, mm-hmm. that's a conversation I'm willing to have. Mm-hmm. I'm, I guess where where my distinction would be is in the fact that I believe that today's game for any individual player, however dominant you are, i.e. McDavid, i.e. Uh, uh, Austin Matthews, uh, 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 Patrick Keynes, like anybody who's been this exceptional player over the past decade, your, your scoring or, or – the fact that you you can hit these uh, accomplishments these days, I find is so much harder than what it was back then. So there's an argument for there me, for sure. So for for me, when I when I hear fifty goals in fifty games, I I literally hear that <laughs> someone scored fifty goals in a, in fifty games. And that's what he did. And Tim, and, and again, I know, and I know I'm, I'm basically repeating myself here, but for me, the, 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 the games in which they did that in during the season, whatever game that is one to 82, for me, it doesn't matter anymore because so, so you mean to tell me that if he would have done this yeah, and, 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 you know, it, let's say he didn't score in his first game of the year and then he scored in 50 consecutive games. So do you mean to tell me because he didn't score in game one that that doesn't hold any water compared to what other players have done? And I think that that's where, for me, that's where it really came down to the crux of the issue for me is, and I know it's, it sounds silly saying it that way, but okay, he does not score in his first game of the year, but he literally scores one goal in the next 50 games. Yeah. So we're sitting there at game 51 and he's got 50. So do you, and I go on, and now I'm going to switch over to Twitter because this is where a lot of this kind of beef started for me. And I was just saying to myself, I'm like, really? Like, are are are, are we really going to go here? Like, is this... Do, do we I, like? I, I, and and as a Habs fan, I found myself. I'm like, come on, man! Like <laughs> honestly, I'm I'm a freaking Habs fan. I'm supposed to hate these guys, and I still want to give this guy the love. Yeah, like 50 goals in 50 games, but and and I, I just I think for, as a fan, me, you're not a you're not doing your job if you're not dissecting uh, something great and, and I just you know, saying and having a group of people saying no, this isn't that great. Like I, I don't think it's sports if everybody says, "Yep, every, we all agree it was it's great." No, it, like you need you need and, people to disagree with it, and I and I I get it. Like I I do. You're right. Like if you don't score in the first game, but then you score fifty in the row, you're you can't hold the same couple. You, there's like no. Are we one, really gonna hold? Is it yeah, really? Like are we yeah. really gonna hold that apart? Are we really gonna hold that apart? Like is I don't. It, is is that one game? Is that really going to spoil it for that individual whether it be austin matthews or anybody else in the league i don't think in as a whole i suppose for purists but that that's the thing like i think you i think you step back though 
Like you look at the moment, you're like, this is amazing. He scored 50 goals in 51 games. But as soon as you say 51, the first thing you think of is, oh, what was that one game? When was it? Like, that's the first thing you think of. You you can't help it. You didn't say 50 and 50. You said 50 and 51. Where was that one game? That's yeah. immediately your brain goes to that. So as much as you don't want to believe that it makes a difference, it does. It makes a difference. I, I will be calling Gary Bettman. I'll be calling the league. I'll be making my phone calls. I'm changing this, man. We're changing this. Yeah. You're going to need a lot no, but you of know people what? on board. I'll, I'll... <laughs> All joking aside, though, yeah. that's the best part about this game is that yep. we, you and I can literally disagree about this issue, and we're both right. Like, true, it, 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 it truly, truly is in the eye of the beholder when it comes down yep. to these types of issues, yep. right? Like, why because, is it great? And, and we and, and, and we talked it? about it before, and, and and heck, this even goes to our our fantasy league in regards to uh, you know, there's been votes sometimes that we we've gone against because there's a there's a, a, some purists in the league and they want to keep it a certain way yeah. and i can very much see where like don't get me wrong i disagree with it but i do see the viewpoint of those that say no it isn't 50 the yeah. the, the traditional 50 and 50 so yeah. uh, i i'll leave it at that cuz i i know you've got some uh, information that you got to get across to the fans here too well okay so i'll just that was the beast so I'm going back up the list. These are my beauties. So we'll start with the Jakob Markstrom, who's got the nine shutouts. So what I did this week was a little bit different. I took some interesting stats. Like Markstrom, I took his nine shutouts. Huberto's, I took his 77 assists. And McDavid, I took his 42 goals. But I'll get to each one individually. With Markstrom, his nine shutout. So I'll, I'll just I'll read it off here. He has shut out Detroit twice, Vegas, Vancouver, Columbus, Buffalo, New York Rangers, Philly, and Pittsburgh. True. Some of these teams is nothing excited by nothing to get excited about, but some of them absolutely are. And not just that, he's he's very much alone at the top of this stat. Like Chesterkin is in second with six. That's a big difference. Like Chesterkin, he's not going to end the season with nine shutouts. So Markstrom will hold strong there with the 218 goals against and a 924 save percentage. He's in my mind, he's a lock for Vesna. Like after a mediocre, if not disappointing first season in Calgary last year, like what a friggin' turnaround. This guy has really shown the kind of player that he actually really is. But is he the beneficiary of a system? Perhaps, but that doesn't matter. You put up nine shutouts. He's not done. I, I predict he ends the season with 11. He'll get two more, but and 11 shutouts in the season is like, holy shit, that's amazing. And if nobody does anything else, he essentially doubles up on the next guy, which is, again, Chesterkin with six. And Chesterkin just got his sixth a couple nights ago. So that is a very impressive stat. Uh, very happy for him and Calgary as well. I mean, like Calgary, <laughs> they got the goaltending. I mean, you got the goaltending. Oh. I mean, I just don't know how how you can go wrong there. I mean... They've got every piece that they need. They got a goalie that can win them games. They got a defense that can shut other teams down. And they got an offense that can beat you. So, I mean, he's in a great spot right now. And, you know, all the best for him. He had a really uh, tough start to his career. Once he found his footing in Vancouver, though, he's made the most of his opportunities there. And look Absolutely. what he's doing in Calgary now with that structure that uh, Sutter offers. I mean, you know, it's what more can you do other than just ride the wave, man, and just enjoy the production? 
Exactly. Uh, like you heading into the playoffs, having Markstrom back there, you can set it and forget it. You know, you've got one of the best in the league. So you have nothing to worry about there. Play good in front of him. You're going to win. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, next up. So Jonathan Huberto, who's got 77 assists, which is gross. Uh, like he's quietly become one of the most all around best playmaking forwards in the league. And I wish he played at center. Cause then I think he'd get a little bit more attention that he deserves, but I, I don't know what his face off percentage would be like. So maybe that's why, but all that aside, he's leading the league in assists, and he's ahead by Yo- He's ahead of Yossi by nine and McDavid by 11. So he's not running away with it necessarily, but he's going to go unnoticed because he's not, He's not going to be in the hunt for any of the awards, even though he should be. He's got the numbers to prove it all, but he's not in that conversation. And I, and I don't know if it's because people assume he's the beneficiary of a really good Florida team, but 77 assists, um, that's nothing to sneeze at. He's doing a lot of work, a lot of work in Florida. I watched them play against Toronto, uh, and I believe he got the... Uh, he got an assist. I think it was a secondary assist on um, on Giroux's goal. And it was an impressive play. Like they look like they're having fun every time they're out there. But Huberto looks like he can see everything all at once. Like he, he just has such tremendous vision. So I think that's a big reason why there's success. But 77 assists, like that's just outstanding. I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks back in regards to he being like, I guess the way I'll put it is I have never seen a more underrated yeah. or less talked about or less yeah. heralded 104 point player. Yeah. Like it's, it's, honestly, it's I, I don't know why this, Oh my God, dude, if I'm Hubie dooby doo, <laughs> I am so disrespected right now. Yeah. I'm sick to my friggin' stomach. He like, uh... I, I just don't, I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know why Barkov tends to get yeah. that, that headline. And and again, I don't know if we're talking about a center as compared to a left wing. I, but yeah, listen, I so. th- th- this is this is another winger that's in that mold of Patrick Kane. And what I mean by that is there's not many teams out there where a lot of your offense will work through one of your wingers. Huberto is one. Yeah. Kane is another. There are select others out there. Rantan mm-hmm. comes to mind, uh, yeah, that's perhaps. True. But I'll just tell you what. It's impressive. I, we, you know, we, we'll, we've said it this year and we'll say it again. Talk about an unassuming 104 point player. I just, I don't know how one can score that much and, 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 and continue to go unnoticed. Like it, it, he's, I, and this is, he's not a one and done. Like this is who he is. 100 point well, player I'm, a year. Well, you're looking at a guy that's in the prime of his career now. Yep. Like he's so 28 years old right now there. So, I mean, this guy's filled in yep. strength and conditioning has gotten to this kid for the past seven to eight to nine years now in that organization. He's super comfortable. He's got all the talent around him to play with. I mean, he needs to be it, in the conversation of the top five in the league. and any other conversation is not worth having because you, you don't know hockey if you're not putting Huberto at the top because he's scoring goals too. He's nothing to sneeze at. He's got an all-around game. And like you said, it's a left wing. It's, it's almost like the bad luck of the, of the left winger. If he was a centerman, this would be a different story. He would be in the conversation. But because he's playing left wing, I guess that's why. I, just, I don't know. His game is awesome, though. 77 assists. Like, come on. 
Um, so I'm going to end it with, so Connor McDavid scoring 42 goals. This is, and this is one thing I love about McDavid that people don't really understand. So I'm just going to read it all. Then we'll have a little spiel and that'll be that. So <clears throat> 42 goals. That's good for fifth in the league. Yes, compared to Austin Matthews, he's 14 behind, but he's only five behind third place in the league. So this is his actually it's his best goal total in his entire career. It's his sixth consecutive season with 30 or more. Third time he's hit 40 or more. As much attention that he that goes to Matthews, Ovi, and even to some extent dry side for how many goals they score. We ho-hum about McDavid's goal totals every year, and that's a crime. Connor McDavid is a good goal scorer, as good a goal scorer as he is a playmaker. And he's he's not done. At some point, he will lead the league in goals. He will win the the, the Rocket Richard trophy. It might come because, uh, let's say, Matthews gets an injury, so he misses 20 games. So everyone will talk about that. But McDavid, will, at some point, will still get it. Maybe it won't be because of that. Maybe because he'll earn it 100%. And we'll all just have to go, oh, look at this. McDavid can score goals. McDavid continues to score goals. He's eight shy of 50. He'll hit 50 this year. I'd be surprised if he doesn't hit 50 this year. And we're, no one's talking about that. They're talking about how many points he has. We're talking about how many goals Matthews has. We're talking about how many goals OV and Kreider have. But no one's talking about the fact that McDavid is doing it again. Like he's, his goal scoring proud. If you've got a game on the line, give it to McDavid. If it takes one shot to score, I get it right now. Everyone would give it to Matthews. But you would absolutely be... Absolutely fine to give it to McDavid, which feels like a ridiculous thing to point out, but it's his goal scoring doesn't get mentioned. Like he does flashy goals and people love pointing that out, but no one talks about the fact that he's, he's a 50 goal scorer and he's going to be doing that for years to come. And it's, we're right on the, on the cusp of that. I think this is the first year he gets 50. And then from here on out, it's 50 every year for like, 10 years in a row or something. Ah, maybe not that much, but still. <laughs> I mean, look at the goals totals he's put up already. I mean, you know, we, we, you've said it. We'll say it again. I mean, what is it? He's gotten six consecutive 30 goal, uh, 30 goal seasons yep. or more. Yeah. Three times he's hit over 40. Yeah. So look, I mean, this is, this is a guy. Yes. He's always been known as a bit of a pass first and, 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 and whatever. I still don't understand how you can kind of continue to, go back to this pass first when the guy continues to score over 30 goals. I mean, I'm sorry, if you're scoring over 30 goals, uh, you can sure you, I guess if you want to throw a pass first, but I mean, the guy <laughs> yeah. can put the puck in the net. Yeah. And, and the thing for me is, is that he has got a little bit of Crosby in him in yeah. regards to that. He wants to get better and wants to mm-hmm. improve on a fast and almost on a yearly basis. And we saw it earlier this year, he yeah. was sitting in that dot, just cranking one timers. Yeah. Now, again, he hasn't scored a number of one timers, but don't think that, listen, what I want to get to here is when this kid starts to figure out where he can score further and further away from that net, because let's face it, yeah. a lot of his goals are right there at the net. Yep. If he can start to figure out where he's a little further away from that net, i.e. one-timers, i.e. slap clappers, i.e. whatever, if he can do that a little further away from the net, 
that's only going to be raising those goal totals Mm -hmm. because we know that he's going to have 250 breakaway clear breakaways in a year. We we know that this guy's going to be alone on the power play uh, at some point. I mean, he's just smart enough to get it done. So for those who are, for those who have any kind of question in regards to McDavid's goal scoring, I would just uh, steer you to the NHL.com website. Yeah. Go to a con- go to a kid by the name of Connor McDavid and check the goal totals. It's right there for you to see. It's not like he's scoring. He's it's not like it's it's not like he's only scoring you twenty goals a year. No. He's another player that can put the puck in the net, and for whatever reason, has not gotten uh, uh, the accolades or or uh, well, it's the uh, attention. Credit, like, I, at the credit- beginning of the season, no one suggests that he's going to lead the league in goals, except for me. I made that prediction that he was going to lead the league this year in goals and God darn it. I'm pretty freaking close. He's at, he's going to right now he's in fifth, but the way things are going, he could end up in second. Um, but that's the thing that bothers me is at no point has anyone ever put him in that category of that conversation. Why not? We put people on pedestals for scoring 20 goals a season for five seasons in a row. This kid scored 30 or more six years in a row. Like, what more do it you comes want? down? I think it almost comes down to the expectations too, right? Like yeah. where somebody maybe that you don't, wouldn't expect to score like 20 goal seasons, you know, year saw, after year. Yeah. No, and, I'm, and, and listen, I mean, there, there it's different comparisons, right? Your average kind of plug yeah, or third liner to, to McDavid and stuff. But I know what you mean though. And, and, and it, it, it can also come down to the fact that the player that plays uh, on the second line behind him, right? And dry sided. Like, I mean, yeah. he's been known as a bit more of a goal scorer right. than McDavid. But he's so, eight behind. Uh, like, I know what you're saying, man. If that's your go-to guy and that's the one that gets yep. all the attention for goals, he's eight behind. That's nothing. Like, it, like you just simply have to put it in there that, listen, McDavid is a goal scorer. Uh, and that that and that's where the conversation ends. Like, you can't yeah. argue with it. He is a goal scorer. Yeah. So He's one I mean, of the best and- goal scorers in the league. There's three of them. There's Matthews. Well, maybe four. There's Matthews. There's Dreisaitl. McDavid and, and an Ovi just because it's Ovi. But uh, he's on the way out, although he's 40-something this year again. So, like, good for him. But that's the four. Sorry, but like he's in that top category. Nobody else is. And yet he's also leading the league in points. Like, I don't know. He, the guy just literally does it all. Because I mentioned the fact that he's only 11 assists behind the league leader, Jonathan Huberto, at 77. So he's in fifth there and third there. No, of course, he's leading the league in points. He's doing literally everything. So, you know what, McDavid? Why don't you call me when you score 50 and 50 yeah. like Matthews? Yeah, we'll be Ace. impressed. Yeah, yeah. because until then, we don't give a shit that you're scoring 30. Oh, and, oh, and you, you better make sure there, Ace, that it's in games one through 50. <laughs> you got you to gotta make sure. Damn it. Oh, man. Watch him come out next year. 50 and 38. That's what he'll do. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, man. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be the, wouldn't that be the best be, for you know, me? It eh? would be. Well, for you. I swear to God, it, I swear to God, if you did it, then I just changed my tune and I'd be like, "No, exactly. it's gotta be one. It's gotta be one through fifty, bud. It's gotta be." <laughs> and there is our and show. And there it is, my friend. Good oh, stuff. Buddy. It's good to be back. everyone out there for listening if you're interested in reaching out to us you can email us at two guys a league and some guests 
at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at rss.com slash podcast slash Or you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time. Yeah.